Cash, I'd like to begin by asking you to state your full name for the record, spelling your first and last name for the record. Sure. My name is Natasha Petit, N-A-T-A-S-H-A-P-E-T-I-T-E. And do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yes, I do. Now, <clears throat> Natasha, my understanding is, is that you, are, you have a disability and you simply cannot wear a mask. That is correct. Can you describe for us basically how that came about? Because I'll just back up. My understanding is you used to work in the oil patch in Alberta. Yeah, I worked in the oil and gas industry in mainly Fort McMurray, Alberta for 10 years. And, and you, you worked in dangerous environments where yes. you had to wear a mask. Yeah, we had to wear like we have the there's the half mask with a P100 filter respirator. And then there's the full face. And sometimes we had to do like um, full face and under Scott air supplied breathing. Right. So and, and the point I'm just trying to make is, is it's not like you're mask averse or anything like that. Exactly. You professionally <laughs> worn lots of masks, but something happened. And now you truly have a disability and, and can't wear a mask. That's correct. So can you share with us how that came about? So in 2018, I was living in Quebec and I was in a car accident. It was January 24th, 2018, in which um, I'm actually lucky to be alive today. I was trapped in the car for about 45 minutes. Um, I had the air knocked out of me. Um, my, some of my teeth were smashed. And... Um, Pretty much from that day, I have uh, lost feeling in several different parts of my left leg. I have memory loss issues, um, herniated discs in my neck and my back, uh, manic, uh, sorry, uh, major depressive disorder, anxiety, and uh, ADHD recently diagnosed. Sorry, you haven't gotten in, into it, and I don't need you to, but is it fair to say it also you were in a prolonged situation um, with where it was difficult to breathe, yes, it was enclosed, there was smoke all about, mm -hmm. and that is part of the reason why you just simply cannot wear a mask. Yeah, it's actually, um, I do have PTSD from the car accident, um, and I have been in trauma therapy for the last five years for that. Um, basically, I cannot have anything on my face, around my face. If it's minus 40 outside, you will not see me with my face covered because it just sends me into panic because I can't breathe. My breathing feels so restricted that I just, I'll have an anxiety attack. And you had a medical exemption for this, yes. for a mask, a legitimate one. Yes. Um, during any masking mandate. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> now my understanding is, is um, you had been on a career path in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll ask just when you go, mm -hmm, we're not sure if you're yes, saying yes, yes or no, so please use words. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, so you were a corrections officer. Yeah. And your plan was then to work from corrections into probation. Mm -hmm. And again. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. And then into parole. Yes. And then segue into basically helping veterans and first responders who, you know, have PTSD and things like that and help yes. them cope. That was, you had this all planned out, basically spending your entire career in law enforcement. Yes. I wanted to be in law enforcement since I was 10 years old. Yeah, so a childhood, childhood yeah, dream for you. Yeah, it was a dream, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, Christmas Eve, 2021. Yeah. Can you please tell us your story? So I was actually back in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, visiting my mother for Christmas, my family. 
And my mother and I went to Walmart at approximately 12.30, 1 o'clock in the afternoon to get some last minute Christmas items. And the lady at the door said, excuse me, you have to wear a mask. Um, I told her I was exempt and she said, I know because she had seen me there actually two days prior. I was there on December 22nd and nobody said anything to me about it. So she said she had to call the manager and I said, okay, you call the manager, do what you have to do. I was approached by the first manager who told me that you have to put a mask on or leave the store. I told him I was exempt and he said, where is your medical documentation? I said, excuse me. I said, you can't ask me that. That's it. You're not my doctor. You're not a medical professional and you cannot ask me for my documentation. So he, um, he said, made a comment of kind of accusing me of lying or like, how do we know you're not lying? So then he got the second manager and he came and said the same thing that you have to put a mask on or you have to leave. I said, I'm not going anywhere. I have a medical exemption. He also asked for my medical exemption letter and I told him the same thing that you cannot ask me for that. You're not a medical professional. So they told me they had to call the um, non-emergency police. So I said, you do what you have to do and I'm going to do what I have to do and I'm going to continue my Christmas shopping. So about 15 minutes later, I was in the water aisle and one officer sh showed up and she said, you need to put a mask on or leave. And I said, well, no, I have a medical exemption. She also asked to see it in which I explained to her that she is also not a medical professional and she doesn't have authority to ask me for such documentation. So from there, she said, um, I need to put a mask on again or leave. I questioned her about her mask because she was wearing one of those, um, it's like a stretchy bandana that she just pulled over her face. So I made a comment about her mask not actually being a mask. Um, so from there, we were just arguing back and forth. She called for the second officer. So the second officer arrived and he said the same thing. You need to put a mask on, you need to leave. So I told him the same thing. I said, I have a medical exemption and I, I can't wear a mask. So he um, asked me for um, the note. I told him I don't, I don't carry something like that with me and you can't ask. So we argued back and forth and he said, you know, wearing a mask is a mandate and you need to wear it by law. And I said, well, no, by law, I don't. I do not have to wear it because a mandate is not a law. It's a recommendation. And I was recommended by a doctor like to not wear a mask. So he called for officer number three. So officer three came and he, he basically came right in there and said, you're coming with me. And I said, I'm not going anywhere with you. And he said, you need to put a mask on or you need to leave right now. I said, I don't need to do anything and I'm not going anywhere. I didn't break any laws. I'm here shopping like everybody else and I have the right to do that. Again, there was just like a back and forth arguing over mandates and laws and who was right, who was wrong. I had just turned to reach for my cell phone. I thought this might be a good time to turn my camera on. And as I did that, officer number three grabbed my arm. The second officer grabbed this arm. I went forward into the shelving, which essentially bruised my ribs. And then we wrestled probably, I don't know, for a good minute. And they threw me down to the floor. Um, my face hit the floor. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, and, my face and, hit the floor. And, and take your time. And, and um, I knew there was somebody trying to hold down my feet. And my mother was with me. So my mother yelled out, she's a trained corrections officer, just to give them a heads up. So someone was trying to hold my feet. 
and I, there was um, officer number two was to my right side, officer three was on my left side, and I did like what we would call the turtle, is where you like tuck everything in, it makes it harder for them to detain you. So that's what I did. And officer number two had slipped his arm underneath me, and he placed me in the chokehold, which the chokehold is illegal in Canada since like 1979. And I couldn't breathe, and I kept, I kept trying to say that I couldn't breathe. I told him I couldn't breathe, and he said, if you can scream, you can fucking breathe. I really couldn't breathe. And I was having an anxiety attack at the same time because I couldn't breathe. And, um... I was having an anxiety attack and I couldn't breathe and I could see stars. I knew I was passing out. Um, I knew I was going to pass out, so I talked to myself and as hard as I was fighting, I said, like, Natasha, you need to either give in or you're going to pass out. I, like, struggled so hard, I ended up urinating myself. So I gave in, and my mom told them, sorry, my mom told them that I have um, issues with, like, my shoulders and stuff from the accident, so they used two pairs of cuffs because I can't put my hands behind my back. So they flipped me over, and I was sitting on the ground, like, struggling to breathe, and they told me to get up. And I'll be 100% honest, I said, you fucking took me down, you can fucking pick me up. And they picked me up and took me out to the police car. Can I can I just stop you? Were were they told anything about your medical condition before they took you down? Um, yes, because they were all asking to see my medical documentation, and I I wouldn't show it to them. I said it's none of your business, but if you must know, I said I was in a car accident in 2018, and I said I have like physical and mental disabilities. So they were told before they physically took you to the ground yes. that you have both physical and mental disabilities. Yes. That would complicate them taking you to the ground. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. So you're telling us they'd now handcuffed you in front? Yeah, they handcuffed me and one officer was on one side, one was holding my arm on the other side, and they took me out to the car. And I told the officer that had me in the chokehold, I told him, that my cuffs were too tight. They were digging in my hands. And he didn't say anything, and I, I repeated myself, and I said, I know you heard me. And he didn't say anything, and I said, well, why won't you loosen my cuffs? And he was standing, like, right here, really, really close. And I asked him why he wouldn't loosen my cuffs, and he looked at me, and he said, because you're a fucking bitch. And, and what did... What did you do in response to that? Um, I asked uh, the girl that was with him, officer number one, I said, did you hear that rookie? Because I knew she was very new. I said, did you hear that rookie, what he said? And she said, nope. I said, yeah, I thought so. 
Right, so basically you were confirming that the other officer, the young officer, was going to cover for the older one. Yeah. So carry on. What happened after that? So after that, um, they placed me in the back of the police vehicle. Probably, I was I would say probably a good 20 minutes I waited. And then they took me to the police station into lockup and took all my belongings from me and took my jacket off. They took the cuffs off. I asked for my cell phone right away to take pictures of my hands, but I wasn't allowed to have access to it at that point. And the senior officer, which would be officer number two, he said, um, we're going to let you go today. There won't be any charges. It won't, you won't have anything on your record. And I said, well, I would hope not because I didn't break any laws and I'm not a fucking criminal. So from there, um, my brother came and picked me up from the jail. And I didn't bother, like, I didn't go to the hospital or anything because I know they probably would have called the police again over a mask. So I just went home, but I have, um, I do have pictures, I have photos. They busted my lip. I had a bruise here on my head, a bruise the side of my neck. I had locked jaw for about three days. I couldn't open my mouth because the chokehold. Did you um did you have a conversation, because my understanding is as you were taken to the police station by the first officer, did you have a conversation with the first officer on the trip to the police station? I did, yes. Can you tell us about that? Um, she told me that she had a three-year-old nephew who had asthma, and even he wears a mask. And people like me were the reason why people were dying. Now, <clears throat> I'm curious, because I'm just guessing that on Christmas Eve... Walmart is just packed with people. So there must have been a whole bunch of people watching these three officers take you down after you explain to them that you have physical and mental disabilities. Um, what can you tell us about, first of all, was there a crowd there? And, and what can you tell us about that? Honestly, it was like I was a spectacle. There was people lined up from the beginning of the aisle right out to the door. Um, and I was yelling. When I was going out, I'm like, how can you people stand there and watch three police officers on one woman who has disabilities? How can you stand there and watch this and not say anything and not do anything? I asked them, what, like, what happened, what happened to humanity? What happened to people's morals and values? I was absolutely, like, just... I can't even really explain the feeling. It was humiliating, degrading, embarrassing. And I and thank you for sharing. Because we can see that it, it's difficult. I, I don't have any further questions, and I'll just ask if the commissioners have any questions. Natasha, um, it's very important that people like you tell us their stories. So <clears throat> on behalf of the National Citizens Inquiry, I'd like to thank you for sharing you. your story with us. Thank you for doing this.
And our next witness is going to be uh, Tamara. So Tamara, do you want to come and take the stand?